on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. There's a new AI-driven search engine that you.com should check out. Twitter is putting the number of impressions a tweet has in plain view. Community note quality up. Marketing O'Clock episode quality down. We are remote this week, folks. Sorry. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. With new shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on Friday, December 30th, 2022. Hello, everybody. Happy birthday, Eliza. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful episode. We're just going to start by addressing the elephant in the room here. We probably sound and look pretty terrible, except for Jess Bud, who somehow has amazing lighting. I know. Um, we are remote today. We record in Buffalo, New York, and we're dealing with an unprecedented snowstorm. There's still a driving ban. I live in the city. I haven't left my house in six days now. Um, people were living without heat and electricity for a long time. I know Jess lost power for quite a while. Um, so obviously thoughts and prayers with anyone who's been affected by this crazy tragedy. And hopefully we can get back to the office next week and get you some better quality audio here. And so I am recording upstairs. And what do you guys think I got my daughter for Christmas this year as she's downstairs? Something uh, Taylor Swift, probably a cardigan or something like that. <laughs> It is. It could be related to Taylor Swift. A microphone. <gasps> wow. You did? A real one? Yes. Yeah. So I tried to hide it from her, but I really hope she doesn't open the drawer and find it because we could hear her singing her ABCs at any second and that would just be not good. I asked you earlier if you had a mic at your house. It's not the, It's not a podcast <laughs> mic. It's like those <laughs> echo ones, right? Trust me, that audio is worse than this one. And you have to put like, you have to touch your lips to it for it to work. And she's just like licking it. It's really disgusting. So and I need to go back though. So you haven't left your house in six days. Yeah. In Is your driveway plow? Is your street plowed even? We got a plow last night. Okay. Um, But there's still a driving ban. So like we can, well, you know this. We so Friday through Tuesday, yeah. you couldn't leave. You couldn't leave your car or you're not legally allowed to leave due to a driving ban. I mean, it doesn't just look like I'm in jail on this day. I'm like, I'm truly in jail. Okay. Um, and that our, our office, I don't think the street has still even been plowed yet. It's like, there's just no way nobody's been in there. It's like fresh snow. So pretty good. And we're lucky. Like I had power the whole time. I don't want to complain. Again, there's people freezing to death in their homes. It's truly terrible. Thank you to all the first responders. Thank you to the plow drivers, but it's just crazy here. And I'm hoping to leave my house soon. Yeah, yeah. it is so, crazy. I'm like a 20 minute drive out of the city and I can see grass, like all my snow melted today. It's nuts. We lost power from the wind, but we got almost no snow. And I'm way east of Buffalo. I didn't have enough snow to go sledding, which, which is nuts. But yeah, so people ended up abandoned. They, there would be a crash. 
cars would be piling up. And then due to the fact that the cars couldn't move, nobody could move the cars off the road. Your people either stay in their car and many people died or they'd be abandoned. And then you can't just plow through a car. So it's like huge, huge issues here um, that are still like, I don't even know when it's going to be resolved. Like, I don't, I don't know. But I asked Shep, I'm like, Shep, is it bad there? And she's like, yeah, it's bad. That's just, no, it's like catastrophic. It should have been the answer. Well, I mean, I have power in my house, so I don't want to complain. I never lost power, thank God. So, and we we thought we were hosting Christmas Eve dinner, so we've had plenty of food. I've been eating rigatoni for days. <laughs> okay. That's where like being a prepper, well, it comes in handy though, you know? I wouldn't call myself a prepper. I no, just I'm happen a to prep for Christmas Eve, yeah. Well, yeah, you're a Christmas Eve <laughs> you prepper, prep. the best kind. Yeah. Yeah, I had plenty of candles. Jess, do you have anything fun to share? Yeah, just really quick. So last week, Greg, you were, and you talked about it several times, the amazing names that your kids come up with. Mm-hmm. My son, Jack, after we recorded last week, I came home and he called me Garlene, first of all, which I already <laughs> told both of you. <laughs> so he's jumping on the train. But then I have your Christmas card, Greg, on the fridge because it's so amazing. And Jack loves Home Alone. It's a Home Alone 2 photo for anyone that didn't wasn't on the list and he's going through and he's like trying to name all the characters he pointed at your daughter greg and he called her journaly oh i love that journaly finn and wrinkle journaly finn so he's coming for your kiddos (laughs) with the name so i feel like someday we got to get them together and just let them go i love that. that's great i'd also like to point out the name he called you with your maiden name what would that be (laughs) garlene garfinkel That would be so bad. Thank goodness it's not real. Greg, what's new with you? Well, something that is coming to a close and is old is the year of Greg 2022. Um, I would have to say overall great year somehow, like somehow turned out good. I saw Anu at the marketing Anu on Twitter say, uh, we, we had talked back at this time last year, we're talking about this year, Greg, and then we're like, it's your Anu. And she said, I thank you, Greg Finn, very much because you were right. 2022 was definitely the year of Anu indeed. And it was really the year of many of our listeners who went up and above this year in 2022. Um, and obviously if there's anything we could do to make help that happen. Just let us know. Um, and I, I think we're just gonna keep rolling. I think it's just gonna be infinite now, but I'm looking forward to next year. One thing I'm gonna do heading into January I'm going to do it dry January. So if anybody wants any listeners want to do dry January, it's going to be dry January. And then it's going to be a wet February. It's going to be <laughs> wet in February. So like just prepare dry January, wet February. Don't tell Pap's blue ribbon about dry <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes. And speaking of that, uh, we released our clockskers episode on Wednesday. You can check that out. And then we had a little something special that hopefully released on Thursday here. So um, a little uh, homage to all the folks that helped influence us in PPC this year. And we recorded the Clockskers before we were sent home for the weather. So if you're looking for better audio, premium visuals, check it out. Yes, tables outdid himself. We had a green screen like we did the year before. It was a good time all around. And there was even a, a musical guest that appeared. <laughs> okay, getting into the news this week are a nominee from the Clockskers for social follow of the year. I'll give that away. Um, Elon Musk tweeted, Twitter is rolling out view counts. You can see how many times a tweet has been seen. This is normal for video. I don't really know what that part means. 
shows how much more alive Twitter is than it may seem as over 90% of Twitter users read, but don't tweet, reply, or like as those are public actions. And then he replied and say, meant to say impressions. I don't know where he meant to say impressions. <laughs> and it's do like, you count? bro, do you not, do you not pay for Twitter blue? Like, can't you just go back in and edit that? You know, like, yeah, man of the people. It's eight dollars, well, Elon. Eight dollars. Yeah, I thought maybe he was gonna say it's called impressions on the tweet, but you can see the tweet. This tweet I'm talking about. It says it has fifty six point one million views and four hundred and two point six thousand likes. You can see the difference there in engagement. I don't know if that's a good thing. A lot of people are talking about like whether that's something that you want to show people. This is something that you could always see in Twitter analytics. Um, so I think it's a good option for brands to be able to turn it on and off if they want to. Um, but a lot of people are like, what's the point of this? So um, I know I'll tell you the point. And are you asking the question? Sure. The, que the, well, the, the answer has a is guess too. <laughs> well, there are many people out there, not myself, that have bought tons and tons and tons of fake followers. Right. And so I think they're, they're sort of twofold. A lot of these other social networks are dead. Like, right. Mastodon is dead on arrival. Go over there and see how many impressions you get on anything. It's, it's garbage. E Elon's right. A lot of people are lurkers. Like Twitter is exciting and fun. Um, like, especially like knowing there's live, uh, tweeting for shows, there is nothing better in the world than Twitter for sports. There's just nothing better than it. And it is helping people know that like, oh, I got mentioned here. Guess what? 55 million other people saw it or 5,500 other people saw it. Like it, it, it's a, it's a cool feature, I think. Yeah. And there's nothing better than Twitter. I learned this week for when you're dealing with a crisis in your community. Like I can't imagine how many more followers Byron Brown and Mark Poland cars got this week. I would, I followed both of them and I wasn't before. Like I, I would go to the news website and it would be a little slow to update. But if you go to someone's Twitter, it's just so much faster to get. Right, right. And if you in look at that, like point, nobody's seeing the info, you don't have to like it. Yeah, yeah, nobody's gonna like something about like the death count or something like this. And like, but but you can see like, people are consuming it. And again, I'm sure. I'm sure there's somebody that is looking at these numbers and being like, Hey, you know what, a lot of people are saying this, you're probably getting more coverage than the news to Shep's point. Look at these, look at these, look at these impressions or whatever Elon calls them. So I, I love it. And then if you see people starting to turn these things off, it's probably because all those followers they have either are not engaged or not real. Yeah. So some people were complaining about it on Twitter and Elon responded and said, we'll tidy up the aesthetics and add a setting to turn it off. But I think almost everyone will grow to like it. But again, if you don't want people to know how many people are seeing your tweets, because it's maybe not as many as people think that might not be good. Um, the Verge had an article, so it sounds like we're all kind of liking this, but maybe it's because The Verge has an article that says Twitter's new view count for tweets offer measurement without meaning. A view count is the metric useful only to marketers like us, not Twitter. Schlubs and SHIT posters, it's more likely to drive you crazy than drive engagement. So I don't know, maybe that person bought I, too. It, that's too. Uh, <laughs> people have lost their minds on, on this stuff. Like, let's say that, that you're a take of the week some, you know, here, we're going to tweet you out. I'm just looking at our clock scores. I got 1,100 impressions, you know, since in three hours, like that's cool to know that there are people consuming and seeing this. I'm sorry. Like it's, it's a, it's a good thing. 
Yeah. And especially for brands, like we offer sponsors, if they want to have a sponsored post on our Twitter account, we have followers there. This is going to be a really easy way for them to confirm that information and know how many people are seeing the tweet. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Greg, do you have news for us? Yes, this is something that I didn't quite know about, um, but Glenn Gabe had alerted me to this, where there is you.com's AI chat that is now in the search results pages. So there's a blog post explaining this from 1223 um, that announced the feature December 23rd, and you can answer questions about real events, and it will give you the answer sort of in the form of a list like a search engine results pages, which was really cool. So I went through and I asked, and all you have to do is go to you.com. You'll see a big blue button that says you chat, and then it uses AI to try to get you the answer instead of like a traditional algorithm. Um, I hadn't really thought about this before. I don't know why, but this makes to me total sense. Like why not research all the hullabaloo with chat GPT? This might as well be something you can use too. So I'm going to type in here, who won Greg of the year into the search <laughs> engine? And it's going to AI me back. And it seems like it was Greg Abbott who won a Texas governor election beating Beto O'Rourke. Um, but it's pretty cool. Anything you want me to ask you.com here? When will I leave my house? When will the Buffalo driving this because it's a real one driving ban end okay and so we'll do that here and it is saying is it still in effect it is still in effect as of december 26 um and it's just pulling up a bunch of different uh search engine results in in the pages here so and then a bunch of news here so i don't know if it gave an actual answer here and i don't know i guess how much of the ai part is is that but Pretty, pretty cool to think that it's not just, uh, it's a little bit more fluid than we've, um, than we've seen in the past. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from Gil Gildner at Gil Gildner on Twitter. Gil says, it's kind of a long one, but it's a short show. And I thought that this was interesting. He says, economic predictions for 2023. It's going to be a wild ride. Sometimes I suspect marketers have a backstage look at what's about to happen. Company scale marketing before anything else. So here's my uh, ignorant take on how this will affect the digital industry. First off, we're already in a recession. Automotive market is going to crash. Increasing repos, used prices are dipping. Housing market has been declining for 10 months straight. Limited inventory has popped up prices, but I think those will crash as soon as spring hits. The market or ad spend is going to contract, is contracting for anyone who's paid attention lately. The fat will be trimmed and only the most efficient and profitable channels will be kept. How will this affect agencies, freelancers, in-house marketers? Here's how. We're seeing midsize and large agencies struggle to retain talent. There's not enough margin to support increased salaries, overhead, inflation. There's often not enough cash flow to weather the loss of even a single whale client. Waves of layoffs will happen to larger agencies and in-house corporate marketing departments. Weak agencies will die. Struggling freelancers will leave the industry. Not trying to be insensitive, but I think a lot of folks are not prepared for what's about to hit. 
The work, fortunately, still needs to be done. It will trickle down to established freelancers or an efficient, small, or mid-sized agencies. If you're not established and aren't constantly acquiring new prospects or have high overhead, it's going to be rough. Here's what you can do as an agency owner or freelance marketer to survive 2023. A, make sure you have enough cash on hand for several months of payroll. We're shooting for 12 months. B, make sure you have cash flow to withstand 50% loss of revenue. C, don't cheapen. Go up market. And I don't disagree at all with any of that. Like, and if you're good, that's one of the nice things about digital marketing where things can be trackable, especially if you're in the performance side of things and not just on exposure. Um, we've been talking about it here. And I thought that was a fantastic thread that Gil had. And the another reason I know it was is because those view counts on each one of those thread posts we're roughly the same. It means like people are reading all the way down. So again, another helpful tool for that Twitter view count um, new feature. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI people, this is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. ICYMI people, tales from PPC Reddit. This started from user Final Fantasy. So <laughs> I love that. No. Okay. So this person said regarding Facebook and Google's attempts to call you at least five times a day, what do you do to mess with them? So I didn't really see any funny responses in here as far as that specific question, but somebody actually responded with something pretty useful. Um, user average digit posted. I'm an ex marketing pro formerly known as a marketing expert for Meta and worked as an outsourced contractor at TTEC on behalf of Meta and policy was that on behalf of Meta and policy was that we could only put someone on the do not call list if they said word for word, put me on the do not call list <laughs> saying, don't call me, stop calling, hanging up on them, etc. doesn't qualify to be put on the do not call list. So I feel like everyone just needs to write that down on a sticky note, tape it to your computer at work, put me on the do not call list. Yeah. Wow. And I was actually surprised. I thought people were going to say like some mean stuff and everybody's response is like, these are people, they have jobs, like don't mess with them. Just it, like, there's no point in messing with them. It's, it's going to be a net negative, which it, it, you shouldn't just try to mess with people, but um, yeah. A positivity. That's very nice. Yeah, I thought there would be people saying like use air horns or something like super mean, but everybody is very cordial about it. Who has one of those at their desk? I don't know. <laughs> Put me on the do not air horn list, please. <laughs> Done. Now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. Getting SEO information is easy. Getting good SEO information can be a bit trickier, which is why you need to be listening to Wix's SERPs Up podcast to separate SEO fact from fiction. This week, host Crystal Carter and Morty Overseen have a really fantastic episode about e-commerce SEO. And you know what I love about Crystal and Morty? 
besides everything. I, I, I think you love the chemistry. <laughs> That's what I think. They have the best chemistry out there outside of us. I think it's a, a 10 out of 10, just like us. I do totally love them for that reason and many other reasons. But on this specific episode, they engage in a little civil SEO discourse which I did not think was a thing that existed in SEO. But they do. They disagree a little bit on how e-commerce SEO differs from other types of SEO. And they just agree to disagree and both give their takes. And it's really lovely to see SEOs doing that. Everyone needs to be more like Crystal and Morty. Um, they also have a new segment. So they, of course, are covering all of the recent updates that are happening with Google. This is a can't-miss episode. And... You can tune into the show on the Wix SEO Learning Hub at wix.com slash SEO slash learn slash podcast. They have new episodes every Wednesday. If you want to make that easier, you can just look for SERPs up wherever you're listening to us. You can also check out all the amazing resources on the Wix SEO Learning Hub um, at wix.com slash SEO slash learn. Thank you, Wix. First up in the paid universe this week from PPC Dave in Discord. Does the PPC stand for porn and piracy? Because that's what this article is about. <laughs> Where's the C? I don't know. I couldn't come up with anything good. This is called porn piracy fraud. What lurks inside Google's black box ad empire? And this is an article from ProPublica. Um, this is another article like that PMAX one we talked about last week that's kind of written for people outside of the industry, but it really makes you stop and think about how Google is like one of the only ad publishers who make it so difficult to find out where your ads are running. And they have some really spooky stories about where people's ads are showing and it's just terrible. So if you want to ruin your day and never trust display again, you should read this article. And I'm going to ruin your day also with this black box conspiracy in the WTH oh, no. for the record. On a related note, Jill Saskin-Gales tweeted this week from at Jill Saskin-Gales on Twitter, another Clockscrew nominee. She said, if you want to see what poop emoji Google Ads display network placements look like, sit next to a kid playing iPad games. I see so many trash can ads emoji. And 20% of the time, my daughter clicks by accident. The absolute worst is local ads via Pmax. Have you seen these in the wild? So the worst part about it is you see those terrible ads and it's because people, like kids are clicking on them. It's just mm -hmm. so terrifying. YouTube too. My kiddo clicks what looks like a thumbnail for a video and just goes off to these websites. And I just like, if I'm in the shower, there's nothing I can do. Sorry. It's <laughs> terrible. I feel so bad for the advertisers, but... Uh, thank you for just a shower because she might have not gotten to take it otherwise. <laughs> also, with some of these ads, I feel bad for the kids. You know, it's like yeah. you're going through like reading articles for your notes and then a kid's playing Candy Crush here and all of a sudden you get an ad for a Solutions 8 in, the, in their PPC agency. Like, they don't want that. So misleading for these children. And we have a post from Mike Ryan this time on LinkedIn. He starts this post with a small UI tweak is all it takes to spur a flurry of speculation in Google ads. So let's speculate. So first we need to remind you about the loophole for PMAX shopping campaigns, where if you don't include any assets, Google will let you publish the campaign without them and generate the assets based on that feed. So Mike and the team were speculating about whether or not this is truly a loophole or something that Google was intentionally allowing. And we might have some insight there because they were poking around 
um, quote, setting up a new PMAX campaign. We're seeing that all the all asset settings have been removed to optional and no warning is triggered when creating feed only campaigns. So now it seems like it's something that it's not just a loophole, it's something they're leading into and you're allowed and encouraged to do that. So very interesting. Which I'm is good because setting up anything in PMAX and getting all those asset groups and getting everything done, it's monumentally difficult compared to yeah. previous. And when you're used right. to smart shopping, yeah. Right. Like it, it, it makes so much sense for anybody with a shopping feed. Okay. Final little story here. Enjoy my forehead, just bud style while we're recording remote because we have a discord screenshot that is notoriously difficult to read. Okay. So this is from Christina from discord nominee for discord member of the year. She says Amazon changed their date schema in ads console to be date year month. You can tell I'm us based and still mentally on vacation mode by how I, how long I stared at the chart. Confused what on earth the 23rd month is. Does it loop around to November again? Like, <laughs> I'm confused too, Christina. Especially because the chart is extremely small on my computer. Uh, she, then she says, moment of appreciation for, for the fact that they didn't change it in their reporting as our, as our database manager. I hate anytime someone messes with dates and I have to waste forever fixing everything it breaks. So if you want to get more hot tips like that from Christina and the other amazing people in the Discord community, you can check us out at community.marketingoclock.com. That is like, it for paid. What oh. doesn't she do? She's oh. a database manager? I know, seriously, Jeez. Give her a raise. All right. What's happening in organic? All right. According to Business Insider mixed with the New York Times, so take with that what you will, there's apparently a code red over at Google about chat GPT. So Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, has jumped in several meetings about Google's AI strategy. Um, obviously, we talked about this earlier with you.com, now trying to bring in some of the uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence into their search engine results pages and, and their rankings. Um, so apparently Google is pretty concerned if you believe Insider. So, and they should be quite, quite frankly, like, like I can't believe how much of a splash chat GPT has made. And then also what is the one that's the image? It's not by open AI. Um, it's by what's, what's the one that everybody's doing the images of the Dolly. AI? That sounds right. Uh, it was like an app, but yeah, it's, it's Dolly, but it was an app that used, I forget that anyway, people are like going nuts for it. It's something with an L I believe. Um, anyway, Google is apparently really concerned about this. Uh, Microsoft, I guess, is not concerned because I haven't heard anything about it, but they're going fully live with the new Bing bot user agent change. This will happen in January 2023. So Christina, if you're looking for Bing bot, it is going to have better names than evergreen Bing bots. And from Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable, Google has some comments on making Mastodon more search engine friendly. And the reason I know this is because Barry wrote about it, not on Mastodon, but apparently Gabe Rivera was asking about the lack of full text search and Danny Sullivan and John Mueller are apparently over on Mastodon. And they said, 
Danny said, we'll pick up anything on the web, including mass on our pages and our blacklist search engines. And any individual who doesn't want to post indexes can use preferences and opt out of search engine indexing. Over time, if our systems learn there's a lot of helpful fresh content from a source, they tend to speed up the indexing of it. But there could be things that site owners uh, can do. And then John Mueller has some other, um, other comments on there. So if you're really worried about your Mastodon getting crawled in search and being more search friendly, go check it out on Search Engine Roundtable or go try to find out on Mastodon. Good luck. All right. From Search Engine Roundtable in no shit news here, Barry has an article that said, Google, unique text, infographics, and video does not make content good, accurate, and helpful. Like, of course, you can have garbage infographics. You can have garbage video. You can have really poorly written text. Uh, we'll keep it here in no shit news as Barry <laughs> has another post saying that links on YouTube videos won't help with SEO or getting your content to rank faster in Google. I may actually disagree with the fact, oh, he changed it. Okay. That was the name of the slot. That's what he said. Um, the name of the article said it won't help your Google rankings and SEO. Obviously, if there are links, it could help your index. You get content index faster. That's just a fact. How could anybody say that that's not a fact? If you have a piece of content with no links to it, and all of a sudden you have a piece of content with a link going into it, and Google can follow no file links, how would that make any sense? It wouldn't. Um, another thing you can't argue with is that you told us not to curse on the show before we started. So just a reminder to bleep those <laughs> out later, like, editor. <laughs> So somebody is saying, you're absolutely right. It will 100% help to index faster. Okay. So it's like a, a little mini gripe, but if you have a link to a piece of content and a piece of content with no links to it, one of them may help to get, get indexed faster. And, and I don't care that John Mueller didn't say that that's true because it is true because I have a brain that works. How could that not be the case? Glenn, Glenn, call in. Somebody call in. How could that not be the case? It's not going to help you from like, a, oh, I'm outrank everybody. But if you have a link in a description that Google can read and follow that link, you can get indexed faster. If you have, again, something it doesn't, now it's a very small sample case that I made there, but th th this is whatever. But the moral of the story is, and this is why I put this in here, there are going to be people that say, don't put links in your description. And you should absolutely not listen to those people because not everything in your little stupid world is about SEO, right? If you can sell a shirt by linking to a shirt in a video or something that you wore and just you want to sell like that nice open sign behind you and say, oh, here's it to the store. You should put that link in your YouTube description. That's why I included this. And I disagree with that statement where it said you won't get your content to rank faster in Google. It potentially, hypothetically could in a vacuum. So whatever. All right. And then lastly, we reported on it last week here, but Google did win the rights to NFL Sunday ticket. It will be on YouTube TV, which is different than YouTube and different than YouTube music. Um, and you'll be able to buy this, what it seems like it's to be about $300 and you'll be able to uh, purchase the NFL ticket on 
YouTube TV. Oh, speaking of the NFL, started the week pretty bad last week, went 0-2, came around three in a row. I'm now 44-35 and one on the year. I love this week's slate here. I've got the Browns plus two and a half, Giants minus four, Panthers plus three, Bengals plus one and a half, Cardinals plus three and a half, and the Patriots minus two and a half. I bet them early in the week. Might've changed a little bit because I know there's some quarterback changes, but we're finishing strong. We're finishing right now. I think I'm at like 57%. That's crazy. So crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> All right. Well, with that enthusiasm, I'll kick it over to you, bud. What's happening in social? All right. First up in social this week's chef, we have stonks. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a long time. <laughs> You're and just it- saying how much you love gambling, chef. Totally. Stonks is gambling. Stonks is gambling without yeah. score. Yeah. It's, it's business gambling. I don't business gamble either. You definitely shouldn't business gamble. But here's a tweet from at Twitter business. Cash tags now with data. Well, dollar sign cash tags, comma, now with data, chart up emoji, double I emoji, cash tag spy with an arrow down. We'll have the... Uh, the screenshot of the tweet up on the video if you're watching. So basically for more details on what I just said, if you tweet the symbol of a major stonk or ETF or cryptocurrency with the dollar sign in front of it, so a cash tag, people on Twitter can see a clickable link to take them to the search results. And starting today, those results will include pricing graphs for major symbols. You can also search for them directly. And then in the coming weeks, are going to refine the user experience and expand coverage for more symbols. If you're on Android, you can tap on the chart and see an interactive view, which is really cool. And that functionality will be coming to iOS and web in early January as well. So super cool. Numbers. It's cool. Keeping it Twitter here, a couple other updates from the past week. There is some speculation that the bird is once again considering emoji reactions. Elon Musk replied to a thread that was going on and said there definitely needs to be more reactions. So we'll see what happens. I know that they've played with that a bunch in the past. And there were some comments about how hearts are not always appropriate, even though we know it means likes, but it just feels a certain way. So I think that that makes sense, but whatever. I have strong feelings on this because I could see that that thread that Gil mentioned and it, Twitter it used to be a star and somebody got cute over there and turned it into a heart. And the last thing in the world I want to do is heart some doom and gloom thread, but I do want to save it. And it's ridiculous that everything is a heart. Not everything's a heart. Not everything's a, what, whatever. I'm not going to do my old man rant on there, but yeah, it should be other things that you can do. You should have. And then he said a bunch of stuff is going to be private too. So great. You should do that. Like yeah. collections on Instagram. I use that all the time. It's like annoying on Facebook though. Cause then you like almost click the wrong one all the time. I'm too young for Facebook. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Me too. But there's something to that too. Cause Facebook has a bunch of different options and they're not all appropriate either. So I feel like you need infinite emoji reactions as a possibility, but that's too much. So I don't really know what the answer is here, but I'm sure Mr. Musk will guide us. What right about direction. that guy that's like, Hugging, hugging the heart. It looks like he's trying to choke that little heart. Yeah, out. it's fair. I still don't know what it means. I think it's supposed to mean caring. Like, oh, I don't know. I just. I think again, it means, not always appropriate. I think, but the thumbs up feels a little like flat, and thumbs down is just like. So I don't know. Greg's got something deplorable to say, and you keep cutting no. him off. What is Ooh. it? I think if you give that reaction, it means I'm coming to get you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Also, you said choke the little heart out. Like you are in a yeah. dark mood today. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you, but today, <laughs> this year, I hate recording virtually. Hate it's, this. It's really something. This stinks. I, I'm sorry yeah. for everybody listening. We're having a great time, folks. Um, speaking of a great time, another update from at Community Notes on the Twitter. They said in September we began requiring new contributors to unlock the ability to write notes by first making valuable ratings. This increased the average note quality so much so that today we are retroactively requiring that all contributors meet these criteria in order to write notes. So they're hoping for higher quality going forward. But FYI, if that wasn't a requirement for you before, it will be now. Amazing. Again, I am in the community raters program. They always ask me to rate something and I just give it a fair rating. Half the ratings are somebody on team A, half the ratings are somebody on team B. And you just come in here and be like, this one's helpful because I can understand it. And it's simple. I love what is happening with the community. What is it called? It used to be Birdwatch. Yeah, which I loved. Community, community notes. notes community I know notes. you hate Birdwatch, but I actually think that's a great name. I, I love community. What is going on with community notes? I think at some point when you can see the different votes on stuff, like I think it's going to be huge. I actually do. Good. Well, I hope so because it, it does seem like their intentions are in the right place with this one. But again, it's a retroactive. So if it wasn't you, it is now. All right, fans of Spotify Wrapped can rejoice or real joyce because Instagram has a similar feature. They just launched 2022 recap templates for reels. These are templates you can add like photos and memories to. It's really stupid, but it's kind of cute. Um, the templates include celebrity narration, which I think I'm too old for, but I have heard of a couple of the examples. They had Bad Bunny and DJ Khaled were a couple of the celebrities that can narrate these things. I've heard DJ Khaled. Whatever, right? I've heard of no, him. I like Khaled. Yeah. Khaled. DJ Khaled. Whatever. His narration was actually really cool. <laughs> and I it's think, a cool this, yeah, it's very aspirational and it's for users and brands. You're being prompted when you go log into the app. So check it out. Jump on the trend if it does make sense for you. If it suits your business, don't just do it if it doesn't, if it's too tacky for you. Um, the templates are going to be available globally for just a couple of weeks. Um, like mid-January, they're going to go away. So get on it now or don't. Some end of the year announcements from Snap for its 1.5 million Snapchat plus users. Subscribers will now be able to customize their camera buttons, icon, and displays, as well as apply custom backgrounds to their chats in the app. To quote Andrew Hutchinson, functionally, it means nothing. I agree. Um, Snap also added the ability to gift Snapchat Plus to a friend if you're just loving it so much and you want someone else to have it. These people, though, like they're really just lab rats. Most people are paid to be part of a clinical trial and they're just paying for the privilege to be experimented on. So good for you, I guess, if you really care about these things. And last up here, we talked a few weeks ago about the bipartisan bill that's looking to ban TikTok. I'm paraphrasing with that. The likelihood of that may increase. We don't know. But uh, this week, an investigation found that parent company ByteDance had been spying on several American journalists whom it believed had been in contact with ByteDance staff and gained access to commercially sensitive information. So that's not good. There's a full report in the Financial Times if you want to read about all of that drama, but Outlook, not good for 2023 for TikTok. Again, we'll- They're not banning it. What would people do here? What would the youth do? No. <laughs> I know. I know. We'll see. I feel like there will probably be some changes or at least some drama in the background though. So, see. Now it's time for this week's 
W-T-H. Misguided. I hated all of that. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of that. <laughs> Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about a trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH is a tale from PPC Reddit. And I caught this and it got me thinking quite a bit. The name is Rodney with two N's. And Rodney says, performance max campaign, a way to destroy someone's Google ads account. And at first, a little bit dubious, like, all right, Rodney, you're just being like, you're just adding extra drama where it's not needed. But then Rodney goes on to say, the 21st of October, we received a fake order on our website. And it was in the amount of 189 billion US dollars. And it was attributed to a performance max campaign. And apparently this campaign used to be Rodney's most effective campaign. And apparently Google turned it into the performance max from a previous just smart campaign, they say. Um, and so Rodney said, it seems like fraud or unfair practice from the competition. And it basically, he, this is his words directly. The result, Google Ads account was paralyzed and basically destroyed. He used data exclusion function, excluding a period of 14 days, trying to get rid of much of the affected data as possible. And it didn't help at all. Contacted Google Ad support. Obviously he didn't get anywhere at that. Like we know, I don't know the answer to that. Um, and then put in, tried making new performance max campaign. Um, and everything is tanked now because somebody went through and inputted this giant influx of data to feed the machine learning. And I just think that's something I hadn't, hadn't thought of, to be honest, right? Like if you see something and you know, it's a performance max ad and you're somebody's competitor, they can't see where this clip came from. They can't exclude. You get no data from performance max. You go through, you place your order and then you get a refund that is going to tank all, all the way that it's learning, right? Like, and there's not anything we can do because we don't see that data. Does that make sense? Like if, if you go through, Rodney got a one, $189 billion order and basically broke everything that was happening for him. So like, if, you want, if you want to, you could go tank all of your, I guess it's probably true with any bid type strategy, but especially performance max, because you've got nothing to work off of. There's nothing. So if you see performance max and you're a shysty person and you want to tank some of your competitors, this will work. This will work. And don't do I don't do that. But also Google needs to fix this. This is beyond a hassle. You're going to lose all of the success, all the learning, all the value that you had in that account is going to dissipate, disappear, and you're going to have to redo things. And it seems like now he still can't figure this out. So I'm going to follow up on there. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him, see if we can get him on the show or something like that too, to, to talk through it, but hadn't thought of that something to be careful for. And again, good luck trying to, trying to figure that out with the, the zero data you get on it. And that brings us to our real life segment straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. 
Our team at Cypress North is open for business this week, and a lot of our clients aren't. And for me in particular, a lot of my clients are B2B, so they're just completely pausing ad spend, and we don't have our meetings this week. So it's been a really good time to work on some projects because we're not prepping for those meetings or monitoring accounts. So we're like writing new landing page copy for some of our clients. Um, so it's just been cool to see how we can maximize that time. Jess, what about you? Yeah, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. And speaking of maximizing time, <laughs> I don't know how long this has been here. Emoji reactions in Google Docs. This seems stupid. It seems like it would actually minimize your time and people would overuse it, but I will say it's hardly working because no one seems to be using them. So thank goodness for that. Greg's about to use one right now in the show notes. Ah, what just happened? <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> it animated. It's so stupid. It's really, really stupid. Like that's what comments are for. We're here to collaborate. This is not Twitter. We don't need to react to things. So it seems like you know. liked it. I mean, I liked it live once, but I think if the people find out that this is available, they're just going to react to every single line. All right. Something hardly working for me. It, it is unbelievable what Slack is trying to do to get rid of video calls. Everything you try to get into a huddle and you try to just call somebody in Slack and, and you can't, you have to hit about six different clicks to try to call somebody in Slack. So then you have to use a huddle, but the huddle doesn't notify them that it's a call. It just shows up in their Slack messaging like it's a message and it is awful. I, I don't know what to do other than get rid of Slack. This is so bad. And it's like, oh, the legacy for your upgrading. No, 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 not an upgrade. The downgrade. I don't want to huddle. I want to just call somebody. Can you I just still call, can. call somebody? But you it takes five can. clicks now. Yeah, you gotta jump through hoops. Hate it. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. Can you do competitive research in the SERPs? Yerp. This week's Cool <laughs> Tool is SEO on SERPs. The Chrome extension from Jose Grease. Sorry, chef. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> that really tops the list. We I'm should have a ranking next year out. for the clocks, Grease. Yeah. <laughs> Just pick one. Yeah, I'm going to try and get through the whole year again next year. We'll see. So this Chrome extension, when enabled, displays basic info below each search result, such as the number of words in the piece of content, header, structure data, original title and description, and a whole lot more. It's a very simple tool, but it is helpful for understanding context and intent, as well as scoping out your competitors without leaving the Google machine. So handy little tool to have in your belt. Once again, that is SEO on SERPs, and we'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from the Digiday media staff over on Digiday, and they put out a guide called the Definitive Digiday Guide to What's In and Out for Advertising in 2023. I liked it because it's a simple infographic, but it talks about what is in and what is out. So I'll go through a couple examples here. One that is in is publishers entering the metaverse and producing VR projects. Something out 
publishers creating NFT projects. A sad one that is in is hiring freezes and cost cutting. One that is out is hiring booms, like we talked about before. I just thought it was fun. Have a little fun here in this last week before the new year and check out what's in and out from Digiday. Thank you, Digiday. And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingoclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Jess, bud, what will you be adding to the playlist this week? I had about six different songs written down here and I kept changing my mind. I finished watching The Clockskers and then immediately went into this song and I just love the transition. It felt like marketing a clock this week. So I'm going with Sweater Weather by The Neighborhood. I'm still listening to holiday music and you can't change me. We can delete them after if you want. Get over it. My song this week is What Are You Doing New Year's Eve by Ella Fitzgerald. It is just the nicest song and nobody ever talks about it. Greg? Can we also, off the cuff, after this, does anybody have a song of the year that they want? Antihero by Taylor Swift. Okay, I'm pulling up my song of the day. My song of the day is one hell of a song from Mike Posner. Okay. What's it called? Is that what it's called? <laughs> one, one hell of a song. That's the name of it. All right, that does it for wait, today's wait, wait, show. Wait. Are we doing a song of the year? Anti-hero oh, for all... you. Just oh, so, do the song of the year. It's just picking, right? Not data. Is it going on the playlist? It's already on the playlist, probably, because it's a song from this year that you put on. Yeah, I'm doing anti-hero. Okay. There's only one for me. Only one. Should I do mine in case it's the one that you were going to do? It's not the one I'm going to do. Are you sure? Okay. Mine, um, it is already on the playlist. It is, and it was my Spotify rap song of the year, Delete Forever by Grimes. Oh, that's a good one. And I have I'm Not Dead Yet by Mike Posner. All right. That does it for today's show. (laughs) Just wanted to give Taylor Swift some love there. All three of those songs are solid picks. (laughs) And all sad. (laughs) Not Mike Posner one. Okay. Okay. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next year. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. Today, we are bringing back everyone's favorite game. It's poke holes in this. And we're going to get started with Greg Finn, who's going to give us some ideas that he thinks are unpokeable and are just going to change the world. And we're going to tell him why he's wrong. I got a little bit of a theme here to start. And it goes around vitamins and maybe like supplements too. All right. So there's clearly a good amount of the population that likes, that eats chewables, we'll call them, um, and chews their food really good. But there's also a lot of people that have, like, like eat like like wet food, right? <laughs> like, like a protein shake or something like that. What if you had vitamins that could go into your protein shake, your smoothie or something like that, and mix right into your wet food? Because I don't like swallowing vitamins. I would rather just yeah. drink them. Like a vitamin powder? Don't, yes. can't you get that at Jamba Juice? I don't think that's possible. Is that po- I've never heard of that. My mom sells it. 
Just a little plug. It's actual powder. <laughs> Can we put a referral code up here? Do you have like a referral She's in code? a um, multi-level marketing company, social selling. Um, they, they have dry powder <laughs> you could just put in. Like, I got my vitamin D powder. Yeah, I drink it every day. Okay, There's, well, hmm. holes are been pulled. I don't think it's what you're looking for. I don't think it's going to like make you, um, I don't think it's like liver king level type stuff, but it's, she calls it filling in the gaps. It's all the nutrients you're missing. Ooh. Okay. So, so they make powdered vitamins. All right. Yeah. The company right. was blessed by the Pope. So can't believe you haven't heard of it. I can't either. It has now. <laughs> Jess, what do you have? I don't know if your mom sells these chefs, but I don't know why we have a flashlight on our cell phone. Could we get like black light capability in that, please? <laughs> why? Why not? What are you looking for? Anything. Clues or a good time. No, no. no. Clues or a good time. I'm looking for a good time. <laughs> I'm going to pull out the black light and see where this is going, where this trail is going to take me. And at the end of it will be a good time. Of at least like four times I've needed a black light and didn't have one. I actually just I have no holes to poke because you could take this into a hotel room and you could just mm -hmm. pop that thing on. You wouldn't have to carry an extra accessory with you. And again, if you just want a spooky ambiance, you got that too. Exactly. I don't think you have I a would cool ever poster from Spencer's with mushrooms on it. Light it up. I don't think I would ever sleep again if I knew what the <laughs> black light was uncovering with so much ease. Too much of a good time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my idea, um, we've had a big problem in my house, like always, but we've been watching quite a bit of TV this week. And when you lose the remote, you're just in trouble. I think you should have a button on your wall that will cause the remote to vibrate. Cause we always forget. We'll be like, Oh, the remote's lost. Call it thinking it's your phone. You can't call the remote. I, this, had I've had this idea it? before as a poke holes in this, and it would be on the TV. It'd be a button to ring your remote. I've, yeah, I've had, this is where you got, I have two. This is one, this is a Greg Finn original. It should be a law. Not only is that a good idea, it should be a law that you Mine's have to make a TV. Gonna vibrate, yeah. Vibrate ring. You have one button that says vibrate, one button that says ring. Whatever you need to do, you hit that and the remote goes. Why hasn't somebody not done this? It doesn't make any sense. I think it makes a lot of sense to invent this invention. And I guess we're just on the same wavelength. Yeah, we're all coming up with the same ideas. Like I said, we have been idea, playing the so same game for four years. years. <laughs> all right. So next up, this, I think nobody has any holes spoke. Again, I don't like swallowing a lot of these vitamins. So we're going to keep it there. And you got to like take vitamin D, you got to take your multivitamin, you've got to take whatever, whatever else you got, you're, you're taking, like fish oil, garlic, oil, all that stuff, right? Instead of all these small vitamins, one big vitamin. Multiple vitamins? Yeah, but it's a big one. So, so what is it, a horse pill? Yeah, but even bigger. So it's got gonna, all your vitamins in there. How are you going to eat it? How are you going to swallow that? It's going to be tough, but you only have to do it once. <laughs> a day? Yeah, once a day. Exactly. You only have to swallow one vitamin a day. It's a big one. But you only have to swallow one. How big? I'm pretty big. Is it a choking I, hazard? No, yeah. it's just a vitamin. People have big problems with pills. I don't think this is going to take off. No, I think you combine your first two ideas. You take this giant capsule that no one's going to be able to swallow and you make it so it can dissolve in your beverage and it has the powder in it. 
Save that idea. We can't we can't let word get out on this. <laughs> Another problem is everyone needs different vitamins. That's why they're all separate. So you'd have to like find some subscription company to combine everything you need into one unique pill. People sounds love like, those services. Yeah. Sounds like we're about to print some money. Okay. Guess what's your next idea? Um, I'll stick with a supplement here. So hot sauce. Everyone loves hot sauce. It's not a supplement. No. Are you like the cayenne pepper? And like I'm taking cayenne pepper. It's supposed to be good for you. It's really important to add to your diet. But a lot of times you like you go for flavor in hot sauce. That's important. Sometimes you just want the heat. You don't want it to disrupt the flavor of the dish that you're eating. So I'm inventing not sauce. It's hot sauce, but there's no flavor. It's just heat. You can eyedropper that into your smoothie, your spaghetti, your pizza, okay. blueberry muffin, whatever you want. I don't know how many true psychopaths there are in the world that would be interested in this product. We just happen to have two of them. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> you're on with two. I don't think there's a huge market. No, because I, I do. I, th- I, think, I think it's good. Like you might want to put a little hot sauce in your cake batter, but you don't want, yes. it, to, you don't want it to taste like cayenne. You don't want it to taste, you just want the heat. So it's almost like it's almost like the cinnamon, but you could use it anywhere, right? Anywhere. Like I, I really like this. I like your why? Water. Why hot do you water. want the water. heat? Hot water. Why don't you want the heat to yeah. feel? That's the part. That how do you good. feel? How do you feel without hot sauce? Honestly. Like perfectly fine. No, but like, how do you actually feel? Fine. <laughs> That's how you get feeling. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think you guys are the only people who would ever buy that. Okay, Greg, tell me if you had this idea. I think if the vibrating remote idea doesn't take off, we should just have built-in remotes on the arms of all of the couch seats. So you can like pick it up and it's built in. You can't lose it. vibrate? No, but they're always, they're stuck there. So you can't lose them. So when you go to the store, you no longer go to like a, a Best Buy traditionally, right? Now, <laughs> no, now you buy like, a new, you need a new couch. New couch. <laughs> I need a new TV, new couch coming with it. And then yeah. it's like, then you got to figure out which, which vibrating remote. Do they have options of that that come into the- No, you don't couch? need the vibrating remote now because it's attached to the arm of your couch. Could that be an upgrade? There's a little cover. No, there's no need, Greg, you're not listening. There's no I'm need, you're not listening. listening. <laughs> Um, that's a terrible idea, Shep. <laughs> terrible idea. Okay, you're just wrong. Do you guys want to do one more? No. <laughs> no, I'm going to go sit down. Be careful. Okay, well, we hope you made it through this episode and our terrible audio. 